Hey, it's D. Look, if you are a type two diabetic and you are either looking to do keto, you've, you're trying keto, um, you know, you're like doing some homework or whatever. This uh, podcast episode is probably gonna be different from anything that you've, you're probably ever gonna hear because I'm literally gonna share with you, um, you know, all of these different things that a lot of folks don't talk about. You know, really more than anything, I hope that it not only inspires you, it empowers you. More than anything, I hope it makes things much more faster, easier, and effective for you. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi. My name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure, and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever, and I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut, and you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. All right. So I am absolutely stoked uh, to share this with you. Um, and you know what? Let me give you a little bit of context because, man, I'd be lying through my teeth if I didn't admit to you right now that like keto and doing keto and my time doing keto was probably some of the most powerful and some of the um, you know, most empowering time that I've ever spent, you know, doing any sort of like eating style, you know, and I'll tell you right now, like I probably wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't necessarily for keto as much as, you know, I don't necessarily live in ketosis like I once did. You know what I mean? Um, in fact, 
this is going to kind of sound weird, but to give you some context, so I'd actually started, you know, with uh, vegan. I went from vegan to uh, slow carb, slow carb to paleo. I did keto for like two and a half, close to three years, you know, and then I ended up doing zero carb for a while. And then after a while, I kind of ended up stepping back and it was like, man, like, you know, there needed to be a time and a place where um, I just wanted to stop doing the whole diet thing or maybe even playing that game or whatever. I knew that they all had all these good things, you know, within them. And I kind of had like to go on this path because at the end of the day, I think I really just wanted to be myself, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, when you move out of your parents' house or something like that, you know, and you're just kind of like on your own and. Um, you know, the more time that you maybe spend away from it, the more time that you actually come to appreciate, you know, what it is. And um, that's what this uh, episode is really all about, because what I really want to give you um, are really going to be some of the most transformative things that I ever got from um, keto in the hopes that it absolutely helps, you know, shortcut things, makes things as easy, as simple, as concise and as powerful. I mean, really just as effective as possible. Okay, so let's get right into it. And this is going to be um, really kind of an expansion of a um, of a blog post I had written, um, you know, the seven keto secrets that'll you know make type two diabetics uh, cry tears of joy. Right. And these are really uh, just things that really kind of helped me just eclipse, um, you know, any and all progress that I'd ever made in the past. So let's go ahead and start with number one. So the first one right off the bat, what I would say that really kind of helped me was, you know, saying goodbye to the eighties. You know what I mean? So if you're anything like me, um, you know, I back in the eighties with all the different frozen meals, you know, the, the, the shakes that came in the cardboard tin containers. And, you know, back then it was all, you know, like fat free and like, you know, low calorie and all this other stuff. And, you know, to be totally honest, like for me, I was always like the token fat kid, you know, I was the pun of the fat jokes. And so counting, counting calories as, as important as they are. And as much as I, you know, later came down to, you know, making peace with that and actually, you know, obviously mastering calories and stuff like that later on, um, you know, for the longest time, man, I just, it was hard. It was way, way hard. And what keto gave me, at least when I was initially um, introduced to it, um, it let me just do what was quote unquote, all the taboo things that weren't, weren't supposed to do that. We all got brainwashed in the eighties to do right. You know what I mean? So I could have like, you know, uh, these cheeseburgers, you know, protein style cheeseburgers and I could stuff my face and like not feel bad. And I didn't have to like, you know, count calories. And, um, I was able to get away with so much and I was able to enjoy myself in a way that no other diet actually kind of like gave me. You know what I mean? The other part about that is that, you know, when we look at fat, um, it's kind of funny now that we look back at it, but it, it really, it was weird because we were missing so much common sense, right? It was kind of like all fat is the enemy. And it's like, wait a minute here. Like, wait, 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 wait. So it's, you know, it's almost like it's almost 2020 as we release this, you're probably going to listen to this, uh, you know, into 2020 or maybe even beyond, but it's like, Okay, wait a minute here. Are you trying to tell me that if I go and we look at all the health benefits of something like, I don't know, uh, walnuts, which are good for like the eyes and the brain, or we look at something like, you know, um, avocado, which is good for the heart, the skin, the eyes, you know, like so many different things, packed full of nutrients, packed full of vitamins. Uh, we go to a, um, you know, a health food store, right? And one of the biggest walls are going to be what? the fish oil, right? Um, second only, only be ousted by the, by, by the protein powders and stuff like that. Right. And there's, there's no way that you can walk up to me or at least really anyone nowadays and say, Hey, look, you know, here's a handful of walnuts. And then like, say that that's the same thing as like looking at like, you know, a cup of like vegetable shortening, 
right? Or like Crisco or something, which is like, you know, white axle grease made from plants. Like, no, that's not, that's not the same. You know what I mean? Like it's totally not the same. So the first thing that it allowed me to do is it allowed me, well, one, because I was such a huge emotional eater, right? Was to just go deep and actually finally be able to like stuff myself and not feel bad. And at the same time, um, it gave me a playground and really like a foundation, if you will, so I can actually like make peace with all the way that all these different diet fail uh, failures had, had actually kind of like caused me to beat up on myself in the past. You know, that was a huge, huge part of it. Um, a huge part of it. I mean, obviously the, when I say, say goodbye to the eighties, I mean, naturally the, the science from where we once were to where we are today and what we've come to learn is vastly different, right? I mean, like to put things in perspective, right? So in the eighties technology, like cutting edge technology back then, like we still had a typewriter. We still had uh, my, my, we uh, in our phone, we still had a house phone. Like who still has a house phone? Not only that, it was like, you know, the kind, um, not the rotary time, but you know, the kind that looks like a rotary phone with the buttons on it. Right. Uh, back then the cutting edge of technology was, uh, you know, the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, Right. Um, if you wanted to fi find something out, you had to like dig up the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. To put things in perspective, like we're now in a day and an age where our cell phone eclipses all of that stuff. Right. And our cell phone, like, you know, I've I've got a cell phone. It's not even the most up to date one. It's an iPhone 10 or whatever. Right. And and it records and it plays in like 4K. OK, like. There was no such thing as 4K back then, right? So if we took that same level of like common sense and like, you know, just hello, right? Like if we just looked at that and applied it to something like if you if if, if we're going to do that, like so for example, right? Like if we look at the phone and the technology behind a phone is vastly ahead of even like what we used to to power a space shuttle back then. Okay? Like the computing power is far beyond what it once was i mean you know don't you think if they're gonna do that with a phone that maybe that they would do that in the world of like i don't know medicine <laughs> and research right obviously which they have right so perfect example is like you know a uh, a um a, um, a magnif or not a magnifying a telescope not a telescope darn it a microscope there we go so a microscope so when we look at things like cholesterol right um, back in the eighties, you know, all cholesterol was bad. Now it's totally different, right? Like our brain is comprised of, you know, cholesterol and fat, right? Like how can it be bad? Right. Um, if we take away all of the cholesterol in our bodies, we would die. Right. When we look at the, uh, the proliferation of, you know, metabolic disease, um, type two diabetes, um, Alzheimer's, all this other stuff. It actually really started to uh, you know, extend in hockey stick from a lot of that old classic thinking, right? Meaning that, you know, technology is so good now that we can actually take that same sort of, uh, that same like approach or that old school look at, um, you know, cholesterol and we can put it under a microscope and say, Hey, there's not just two types of cholesterol. There's different sizes and these different sizes are really where we're seeing a lot of these issues, right? So if you have, um, you know, broken foods and, and, and they're like, especially in processed 
foods, right? Where you have these uh, basically like corn oil, for example, right? So you take corn. Um, obviously, if you take a bite, bite of corn, like there's no cor- there's no oil in that, or at least it's very, very little. However, if you process it to the point that you can now draw oil out of it, the processing breaks these things down so much, right? That there's these little pieces of, you know, obviously the bro- the corn is now broken down to a way that we can't, we don't normally see it, right? And so now when that we introduce that to our bodies, it's not used to processing food in that manner. Um, it can then calcify those small fragments of food and that then becomes the small particles of cholesterol when introduced and converted into the body thus becoming sticky sticking to the walls right now when we look at the big buoyant cholesterol it's totally different you know what i mean totally totally different and so yeah we just live in a in a day and an age where things are just so far beyond what we once were all brainwashed to think you know, and that was the huge thing, not only on a health learning on the health scale, um, you know, as far as like, you know, where we're at today versus what we once were um, and also on in an emotional in an emotional way, um, how I had this huge tie and this bond to food um, that I can now get out there and splurge, you know, and actually, you know, stuff my face and eat like I'm at a county fair. And sure, you know, if I'm eating, you know cheeseburgers or something like that probably not the greatest thing always because no not all cheeses are the same inflammatory markers inside of dairy or whatever you want to get nerdy or whatever um but yeah you know what i mean naturally it's it's a heck of a lot better than eating a bunch of ho-hos you know what i mean so finally i had a, a huge place that allowed me to now expand and extend um and really just kind of like be myself you know, be myself and really kind of had a foundation to make peace with all the different failures that I had um, in the past. Right. And that actually was, you know, a big part of, uh, you know, secret too, which was I was actually able f- to finally stuff my face, uh, you know, once in a while without feeling bad about it or having to like beat myself up anymore. You know what I mean? And th- that was huge for me because, um, you know, for me and I, I'd basically done this whole roller coaster up and down dieting thing since like the mid to late eighties. Okay. Like since like Ronald Reagan, was president, you know, and, um, the rise sucked, you know, um, I failed, you know what I'm saying? I failed a lot. And it literally got to the point where like my lowest, my self-esteem was so low. My insecurities were so high. And, um, every time I would try something, it would only go so far and I would beat, you know, beat up on myself. And one of the things that I actually liked with uh, keto too, as well as that, it allowed me to like follow into, and look at all these other people sharing their stories and um, all this other science. And, and to be totally honest, like a big part of it was really just me feeling good about what I was doing. You know what I mean? Um, to be totally, totally honest. Cause I mean, let's be real here. You know, uh, there I'll be, I'll be totally straight with you in that there was a time in my life where I used to literally spend like my waking hours, um, you know, uh, reading through case studies and I would be modeling these. I'm a huge believer in going as high as you can up the totem pole finding what these people at the forefront are doing who are really kind of like the outliers and then modeling those behaviors. And then that way, you know, Hey, if if you're thinking to yourself, like, Hey man, if I only get like 10% of how good they are, like, dude, I'd have it all figured out. Right. Well, the cool thing is, is that, uh, simply with these different case studies, um, it's very easy to, to, to do and to start testing and applying that sort of stuff, you know, because, um, for example, and what I'll do is I'll, in the show notes, I'll actually give you uh, the hands down the best link, my favorite link to getting a lot of uh, case study information where you can literally look up. It's, it's, I'll tell you right now, it's the public access portal, uh, to the NIH, that's the uh, national institutes of health. 
um, access to the U.S. Library of Medicine. And not only is it the U.S. Library of Medicine, it's essentially a catalog and a portal to all these international journals, like, you know, the Public uh, public Library of Science, the, um, you know, um, the Journal of Endocrinology, you know, the, uh, you know, all these different publications from around the world, which is why whenever you look at a lot of these case studies and they have like NA, um, NIH docket numbers, right? Um, you can actually like source it back to the actual, you know, to the actual place. Well, anyway, um, to, I shortcut all of that stuff to say that, you know, like, sure, I was this guy that would nerd out on, on case studies and stuff like that. At the end of the day, like, who really is going to live their life by a case study, <laughs> right? Like, probably not that many, you know what I mean? Probably not that many, right? So um, great, you know, great place to, to learn things. But in the same breath, um, you know, it really kind of helps us break the mold, which really kind of allow me now to get to, you know, really kind of let's just jump into secret number three. So what this really did for me as a type two diabetic, okay, is that it showed me a way of eating that teaches us to look at more than just calories or classic politics. Okay. And here's what I mean. Okay. So let's say for example, when I did vegan, right? Like let's, what's the ideology, you know, of the whole vegan thing? Well, you know, obviously get away from plant byproducts and stuff like that for, you know, whatever reason, right? And like, oh, okay, great. Um, let's say for Mediterranean, right? You're going to eat like everyone else that eats in the Mediterranean area, right? Okay, cool. What about paleo, right? You're going to eat a lot like how everybody eats in the paleolithic era, right? Or, you know, a zero carb or carnivore, right? You're going to basically eliminate any and all plant, you know, uh, products and byproducts, right? Well, what made keto um, really special and kind of like different from me is that it didn't really focus on any of that stuff, right? So it's it's more of a, a physiology diet, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, it's just kind of in the name, right? So it's like ketosis, right? So like what exactly is ketosis, right? Um, um, you know, it's basically a fasted physiology in which we, ex we basically um, exhaust all the uh, we're not all of, but you know, the vast majority of the blood sugar or the glycogen floating around in the system, if you will, um, to the point where it now our body thinks that there's no more carbohydrates coming in. Thus that, um, our, our kidneys then now, um, produce ketones, right. And, you know, obviously we start to, uh, metabolize, you know, fat, right. Um, so here's the deal, right? So the cool thing about keto is that, it actually broke down something that I think we all learned as kids, right? So like you look at a nutritional or a nutrient label and you look at the back and you know, you can't help but notice that there's basically three building blocks that all foods are built with, right? Basically, you know, they're macronutrients, right? So you got carbohydrates, protein, and fat, right? They, those three building blocks essentially comprise any and all foods that we consume. And I was like, huh, that's cool. And why that was so important for me as a type two diabetic, it was kind of like, well, Hey, um, even if we pushed any and all, you know, uh, dietary views aside, right? Like, you know, my diet is better than your diet for this reason, or your diet sucks because of that or whatever. We just push that crap aside. Right. And as type two diabetics, if we stare straight at the problem, okay. Saying, Hey, look, we all undeniably know whether we're reading case studies, whether we are, you know, talking to our doctor or whether we go to a local hospital and we're literally going into and we're seeing people just like you and I die every single day. Right. And what's driving them there? 
what are the problem? Like, what's the issue that they're having? It's like, oh, they're, it's their blood sugar, right? So, like, if you are anything like me, you got diagnosed by your doctor looking at what? Right. Your blood sugar numbers. Right. Um, if any, if you're anything like me, if you've ever taken medicine, um, you know, you've your your doctor looks at what the blood sugar number to diagnose and maybe even prescribe. Right. Um, if you ever if you're anything like me and you look at all these other case studies, um, you know, for type two diabetics, what's the number one, uh, you know, um, thing that they're quantifying? What's the number one thing that they're pointing at? The blood sugar numbers. Right. Uh, if you ever look at any dietary group saying that they've helped type two diabetes and they're holding up their weight loss stories and then what else are they holding up? their blood sugar average, right? So if we look there and we simply all undeniably know that, hey, look, if uncontrolled type two diabetes, um, you know, can lead to everything from going deaf, blind, heart attack, kidney failures, strokes, um, you know, um, heart attacks, hypertension and all this stuff. And it's not only one of, but a multiple of these things that can drag us down and kill us. Like, well, we want to get a hold of that, right? And the beautiful thing about keto is that it stopped a lot of the, you know, uh, a lot of the different views that these different diets had, and it really just kind of called it out for what it was, right? So for example, um, you know, the, it's very simple. Um, if we want to get a hold of our blood sugar, well, the simple question is, is okay, well, what foods are causing us or what are these building blocks typically spike blood sugar the most, right? Well, I mean, if we're, it's kind of the answers in the, in, in the, in the answer, right? So like blood sugar, right? Sugar. So if you look at a bag of sugar and you flip it over and you look, is it a protein? No. Is it a carbo? Is it a, you know, is it a fat? No, it's, it's all carbohydrate, right? So obviously we want to limit that. Okay. And then basically there's only two other building blocks left. You know, we've got, you know, proteins and we've got fats right now. Obviously there's different types of fats. Um, you know, naturally we want to do healthier fats. We want to do things like salmon, walnuts, you know, chia seeds, extra virgin olive oil. If you're cooking, you know, obviously this could be something like, um, you know, um, because of its high heat stability, this could be something like, you know, avocado oil, right? I mean, naturally, um, you know, there's other, there's other, a lot of other, you know, fats out there that I personally love like butter and stuff like that. Like who doesn't like a little bit of butter, whatever, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it allowed me to just stop looking at all these, you know, this person said that, and this person said this and said, Hey, look, what am I sticking in my mouth? And what are the three building blocks, right? Like what are the three building blocks that allow me to get a better understanding of, you know, like, what am I actually doing and what are my goals? Right. Um, what are my goals? And we're going to get into that really, really, um, really, really, uh, really, really good here in a second. So, and here's what I mean. Okay. So the next, the next thing that really kind of helped me as a type two diabetic really crush and just knock it all out of the park is getting straight to the point. Okay. It just, it really kind of like just cut the crap. And here's why is, um, it really kind of started for me when I was actually measuring for ketones, you know what I mean? I was measuring for ketones and, um, it introduced me to the world of, Hey, put this into your mouth and see what your body is doing. Right? Like that was like the dude, that right there was like the linchpin. I didn't even know it at the time. Okay. And to be totally honest, like I am not the brightest guy in the world. In fact, it was staring at me the entire time, like over and over and over. And it didn't really click with me. Okay. And this is why I'm sharing this with you. So here's what I mean by that. Okay. So, um, for me, this didn't necessarily click until, um, I had actually bought a, um, a precision extra, um, you know, by, by, uh, by Abbott, 
um, you know, by, by Abbott, right? By Abbott Labs. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically, it's a ketone blood monitor. So there's basically three ways to, you know, measuring ketones, the breath, the urine, and obviously the blood and blood is typically going to be the gold standard, right? So anyway, I was a long story short, I was on Amazon and I bought like a total goofball. I bought the wrong package. Okay. <laughs> I bought the blood strip package. Okay. And to be totally honest with you, I was like too lazy to return it. So I was just like, ah, yeah, whatever. I'll just use up these blood ones anyway. You know what I mean? Um, and then I'll just go ahead and return them when I'm done. I mean, I'll just go ahead and buy the ketone ones, you know, when I use these ones up. Right. And so anyways, by this time to put things in perspective, I was tracking my foods with, um, with, uh, with a food app. Um, I was also, you know, I was peeing on sticks. I was also tracking my exercise. Um, I was tracking my macros in correlation to where I was and I was doing all this stuff. Okay. And it literally got to the point where, um, one day I literally come home from the gym and I tested myself and, um, my blood sugar was, was pretty low. And I was like, wow, like, wait a minute here. Like I, if I had to guess, I was probably somewhere between two and three millimolar. Okay. And then when I, um, when I, when I tested myself, my blood sugar, it was at like a 66. And I was like, wow, dude, like, wait, what? You know what I mean? And I was like, wait a minute here. And I was like, huh? Anyways, it just, it didn't really click with me. Okay. Like I said, I'm not really like the brightest guy in the world. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, like that's cool. High five. Right. And so, um, next thing you know, my dad had come over and uh, he made some brisket. Okay. And man, like, dude, the, he brought it over one day, no sides. I didn't have any sides and, um, dude, the whole house ended up smelling like brisket. Okay. He brings over this huge aluminum thing, just all nicely sliced. And, uh, yeah, guess what happened. Okay. Like I stuffed my face. Okay. Completely stuffed my face. And I was just like, oh my gosh, man, I'm probably so far out of ketosis. Maybe I was still in it. I don't even know because again, by this point I had no more testing material i just had my blood key or my blood test strips not the ketone ones right just to find that i was like hey wait a minute here like i think my blood sugar at the time was maybe like at a 112 or like a 108 or somewhere in there right and i'm like huh that's weird you know what i mean like my blood sugar is totally normal right and then it still didn't really click with me and then um this really really clicked with me when I made one of these, um, these keto style, um, these keto style, uh, Brussels sprouts. Right. And so anyways, I made them, you probably saw them. I think it's the, uh, if you're on Facebook, you've probably seen this, uh, recipe floating around. I think it's the one from tasty. It's like garlic, butter, Parmesan, and like bacon. Okay. And so anyways, I made a huge, I made a huge, uh, baking, um, you know, a huge baking sheet of this stuff. And, um, yeah, I was just, you know, threw it in the fridge or threw it in the oven, pulled it out. Okay. And like the smell of like the garlic butter, the bacon and the cheese hits me in the face. Okay. And I think I did this uh, later in the day and I had maybe like maybe eight grams of carbohydrate left. Right. Well, guess what I did? Okay. Yeah. I, I completely stuffed my face. Okay. And, um, yeah, I just ate and I was just like, you know, if, I don't know if you've ever anything like me, you've done one of those things where like, man, why did I do that? And what am I doing? And why did I overeat so much and blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, anyways, I go to test myself and it was maybe like a 113 or something. I'm like, wait, what? It was totally normal. It was like a 5'2 or like a 5'3 or 5'4 or something like that. And I'm like, wait. I was like, 
wait, what? You know what I mean? And it, that's when it finally started to dawn on me when, you know, I was focusing so much on, you know, hitting particular ketone levels. And here's an experiment, okay? If you really want to if you really want to be able to see just how devastatingly effective and powerful and like liberating this is, and I'll show you what I mean here in a second, go ahead and start data logging. If you're like anywhere in the two to the three millimolar range, okay, start data logging all the different things it took for you to get there. Okay. So for me, I was tracking macros. I was, um, I was exercising. I was always like, you know, making sure that I was like, you know, try to hit my macros and I was doing all this other stuff. And, um, at the end of the day, like, by the time I started testing my blood sugar, especially when you look at the difference in millimolar, right? So for example, if you don't know what a millimolar is, um, it's a unit of measure that's, it's microscopic. Okay. So when we say that we, we're talking about um, you know, measuring ketone levels, they do it for the, they do it by the breath, they do it in the urine and they do it in the blood. Okay. So to put things in perspective, when you are breathing this stuff out, right? Like a breathalyzer, right? It's not like we're coughing up Tic Tacs, right? Like you can't see the millimolar. It's so small, right? When you're testing pee, it's not like we're peeing out M&Ms or something like that. Like you, you don't see it. You literally just pee. It looks like pee and you pee on this little strip and then the strip turns colors, right? Same with blood, right? It's not like, you know, almonds are coming out in our bloodstream. It's literally just looks like regular blood. You put it on a strip or whatever, just like a regular, you know, blood testing strip for, you know, like a, a diabetes one. And then it gives you a number, right? It's microscopic. Okay. And so by the time I looked at all the different hoops that I was jumping through just to get that one microscopic thing, I looked back and I was like, dude, I didn't have to do like 70, 80, 85% of the work that I thought I had to do, you know, and this really didn't really dawn on me. Um, if it wasn't actually for the work of another doctor by the name of, uh, Richard K. Bernstein. Okay. Uh, the diabetes um, solution. Now, naturally, everybody doesn't you know um, agree with his view on diet. No big deal. You know, um, that's totally cool. However, one thing that they can't, nobody can ever really, um, you know, refute is that, hey, look, at the end of the day, right, if your doctor is going to look at our your blood sugar and our blood sugar needs to be under control for, you know, things to be, uh, you know, for, for things to be, for us to want to live for as long as we do, I don't know. You probably want to look at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you know, it's probably not rocket science. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Um, now as crazy as that sounds, it's not a bad thing about keto. It really isn't. Um, and here's what I mean. I kind of had to mature from that. So for a while, um, because I had such a huge, you know, emotional attachment with food, I was like, man, why am I doing all this work? And I didn't have to. You know what I mean? Like, to be totally honest, like that's where I was at the time. Okay. That's where I was at the time. And again, just like spending time away from your parents' house. And then, you know, you, the more time that you spend away from it, you move out on your own, the more that you actually come back to appreciate, you know, where you, you come from. Right. Well, essentially same thing with me and keto. And what it ended up doing is it allowed me to now take my level of appreciation to keto or with keto to a whole nother level. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily live by it like I once did, but I would be lying through my teeth if it wasn't hands down one of the most powerful things that um, has ever come, come into my life. 
Okay. And so here, let me show you what I mean. Okay. So in my journey with keto, especially when I was in the beginning stage or even in like in the middle stage, there was this time where I was just, you know, looking at everything. I was just like, man, this is the best diet ever. It fights cancer. It helps, you know, kids with, uh, you know, um, with uh with uh, with seizures um it helps you know uh people older folks with alzheimer's um i heard a podcast i think it is with uh with dominic d'agostino with uh, ketones on the brain and cte right so if you have any fans or family that do contact sports like football and you watch you know some of these uh some of these movies um when people taking you know hits to the head and what can it, what can it can do and i was just like wow like that's awesome like ketones help with that and um you know you look at like endurance you know um endurance racing and stuff like that you know like running long distance running and you look at like you know everything from uh, mental acuity all these different benefits that keto has right and I was so, um, I was so enamored with that stuff. I was like that guy who was just like, you know, keto, keto, keto. And to be totally honest, it wasn't kind of fair to keto because it almost made keto look like a Swiss army knife. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, it, it, it slices, it dices, it chops it, you know, it does all this other stuff. And if you want it right now, call WKRP in Cincinnati. Woohoo. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> which is not fair. You know what I mean? Like if I go to a cancer patient, who changed their life with keto. I don't be like, Oh yeah, you're doing the Swiss army diet. Like, no man, that's not cool. You know what I mean? That's totally not cool. And so it allowed me to stop and say, okay, cool. What exactly? And it really kind of allowed me to stop and like ask common sense questions that I never really had the chance to ask myself later down, like, you know, in the very beginning, which probably would have made things a lot easier for me. Okay. And here's what I mean. Okay. So it allowed me to stop and say, Hey, look, what exactly am I trying to get out of this? right? Like what exactly are the benefits? Okay. Let me line item those, right? So, um, you know, helps people and even you can look far too, like helps people with, you know, uh, um, uh, the skin thing, right? Um, I was just about to say it, not sciatica. That's the thing for the wood. Um, anyways, uh, skin issues, right? Um, helps people with, you know, cancer helps people with, uh, you know, seizures and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. You're like, what if I don't have seizures? What if I don't have, uh, you know, uh, cancer, um, and stuff like that. My heart goes to, to out to all those folks, but maybe I don't have that, right? That's not my fight, right? That's not my fight. Um, I just have type two diabetes, right? So I was, aside from that, like what else was there? I was like, okay, cool. Well, um, you know, the mental acuity part, like that part is awesome. Okay. That part is huge, huge, huge. Um, at one time I was at work and I just hit this flow state and I was just crushing it. And all of a sudden, my, uh, my coworker was like, dude, what do you want? And I'm like, dude, it's ketones, man. And yeah, dude, it's just, it's crazy because it's like a 15, 20% bump, um, or whatever. Um, and, and you'll just kind of like hit these flow states and it feels good. And it's not some weird magic pill. It's just, it just kind of is what it is, you know, when the brain's running on its preferred fuel. Um, the other part of that also is like endurance running. So for me personally, I went as like the token fat kid, morbidly obese, um, smoking cigarettes. And I eventually ended up running my first half marathon, and I probably wouldn't be able and fasted on just, you know, some coffee and water. Um, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for keto. You know what I mean? However, when I stopped and looked back, I was like, okay, well, the mental acuity part, that's awesome. You know, that's totally, totally cool. Um, but man, jumping through all those, all those hoops for that one benefit, maybe not so much. Right. Um, you know, obviously I'll, I'll probably still cycle with it here and there. Um, when it comes to, um, you know, long distance training and stuff like that. One of my goals is to run the LA marathon. I'm not going to run next year, but probably the next year after. Okay. And I will be fat adapted for that. Okay. In the same breath, like I don't need to be in that training state all the time. 
You know what I mean? So, okay, there go. That, no, that's cool. Um, and then when it came to like blood sugar, well, I mean, you know, simply by as goofy as I am, I'm not the brightest guy in the world by buying the wrong meter or buying the wrong strips. I found that like, I didn't have to jump through all those hoops if all I wanted was to, um, you know, be able to easily control my blood sugar in everyday situations. I would not be there now if it wasn't for keto. Okay. My only difference is, is that man, when I shift, it was a two percent shift in focus when i stopped focusing on ketones and actually focused on blood sugar changed everything okay it allowed me to see like hey maybe i don't have to be so paranoid about carbohydrates maybe i don't have to be so overly paranoid on my protein intake sure if healthy fats are there yeah who doesn't want good you know who doesn't want good skin who doesn't want a healthy brain who doesn't want healthy eyes right stuff that you get from all these different omega-3s high five Okay. High five. But in the same breath, um, you know, does it really need to be like 70% of my daily intake in calories? Like, you know, probably not, you know, and clearly, uh, it takes like what, 20 seconds for us to test, you know, real, real simple. Okay. And I wouldn't be, um, again, I wouldn't be able to easily say that it's nothing against, you know, keto whatsoever, because I wouldn't be able to say that if it wasn't for keto. Okay, um, which leads us on to the next thing, which is basically using the macros approach as a paint by numbers approach uh, to basically freeing myself from stick or free, being able to free myself from strict and complex dieting once and for all. Okay, and here's what I mean by that. Okay, because for the longest time, um, especially since the '80s, if you're anything like me, we were all super paranoid, right? I was in the dark. Right. I was just like, oh, all fat is bad. Right. And like I, I was came, I was led to believe that all fats and were all bad. Right. Then when I was like, you know, vegan, I was led to believe that all, you know, animal products and byproducts were bad, especially if you watch some of these really extreme documentaries. Right. Personally, I don't think it makes you a bad person if you want to have like a hamburger or a hot dog at the family barbecue. OK, I'd actually say that you're probably human. Right. And then later on, you know, um, I was actually led to believe and I, you know, kind of like was beating my chest. I was that guy that, you know, like are all carbohydrates are like bad and, you know, all this other stuff. Well, look, man, at the end of the day, that was really just a part of my insecurity if i'm being really honest if it's really just a big part of my insecurity because i was like that kid that was scared in the dark with the lights off you know what i mean and what macros and testing did it allowed me to turn the lights on okay so what i mean is like you know if you're a parent you have like a three-year-old kid or maybe you had experienced with this with like a friend or a family or maybe even yourself or you might have been afraid from the dark and you buy like a nightlight you know what i mean uh well clearly in the very, very beginning, like if, you know, if I had like a handful of walnuts, if I like thinking that all fats were bad, or I've had a walnuts or an avocado or a piece of salmon, uh, clearly, no, they're actually good. You know what I mean? And I can test my blood right then and there and see that, hey, it's not, you know, it's not what some of these crazy documentaries are saying. Right. Um, same with, you know, same with, uh, you know, same with like fat. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, fat is the problem. And you're like, well, let me go ahead and eat those same foods. Right. Some some walnuts, some uh, you know, some salmon or whatever, clearly not the problem. You know what I mean? Um, not a big deal whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, are carbs really the enemy? I mean, not, not really, you know, it's the type of carb, right? Obviously there's a night and day difference. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's a night and day difference between like sugar and, you know, uh, broccoli or whatever. Okay. Um, or stick whatever other vegetable in there or a macadamia nut or whatever. Right. Um, no big deal. And so, 
here's what I mean by that. Okay. When I started with the whole 20, I was on a, when I, when I first started, I was on a 20 net, uh, carb, I'm sorry, 20 total carb protocol, right? So, you know, no more than 20 carbs. Um, that was actually my magic number for a while. Then I actually started to inch it up or whatever. Um, it allowed me to actually kind of like step back and say, Oh, wait a minute here. I mean, just like I said before, like there's a night and day difference between sugar and how that's going to hit my bloodstream, right? Versus spinach or something like that, right? Or broccoli or, you know, some vegetables, right? Um, night and day difference. Cause obviously sugar, um, you know, it's going to like turn into like liquid form the second we put in our mouth and that'll just skyrocket our blood sugar, right? Obviously. Right. Um, and the second that I was actually kind of able to like start to slowly bridge that gap, right? That's when it was kind of like saying, Hey, like there's a little bit more to this. Like maybe I don't need to look at net carb or total carb or whatever it is. Maybe I can actually just step back and say, Hey, I ate this much broccoli and this is what happened. Oh, I ate this much avocado and this is what happened. Or, Oh, I went and had this kind of salad and this is what happened. And the minute that I actually started to bridge that gap and apply that same common sense approach to what I was eating every single day, I was starting to free myself. I was like, wait a minute. You know, like this is, this doesn't have to be all this other crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Right. And that's one of the hugest things um, that keto really helped me do because it really kind of allowed me to, to, to draw that line. Like, Hey, look, am I really looking to just, um, you know, like uh, to empower myself and maybe just understand like what my blood sugars are in everyday settings. So that way I can just go back to being myself. Right. And I can really just kind of like, you know, free myself of having to jump through all these hoops that maybe I don't need to do, you know, in fact, I would, I challenge anybody say, Hey, look, you know, get yourself into like the three millimolar thing, data log, everything that it took you to get there. And then if you really want to get a, get a blood strip, uh, get a blood test, mo a blood monitor. Okay. And then buy both strips buy the ketone strips and then buy the blood strips. Okay. You might be surprised. You know what I mean? And the cool thing is, is again, it's not a bad thing with keto uh, because I'll tell you right now, um, um, with keto. Okay. Um, my appreciation for keto is actually at an all time high. It actually got a lot better. Okay. A lot, lot better. Even so much so far beyond any, any time that I was that guy banging my chest. Okay. And if we're being honest with each other, like, people typically banging their chest and hold, trying to hold it over somebody else. Like, you know, come on, man, really? Anyways, uh, anyways, um, at the end of the day, like, here's why, um, when I look at the performance aspects, like, you know, as we all mature, right. And as we go deeper and higher into different things, it allows me to go deeper into some of these modes and test things that I wasn't able to necessarily test before. And then stepping outside of ketosis and then looking back had actually got allowed me to now appreciate things that I never even saw when I was only doing keto. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. So um, when I say that I ran my first half marathon, um, you know, fasted, um, coffee and water, um, you know, long story short, I actually got away from running and stuff like that for a while. And I just recently started to get back into it and I'm able to find like, I'm starting to hit the same strides. I'm starting to hit the same times and I haven't tried to be 
completely in ketosis or like purposely in ketosis for probably like two years now, if not more, you know? And the beautiful thing about that is like, it's like, wow, like, okay, number one, like, um, going into ketosis like that really kind of like, you know, gave my body the ability to, to, to process substrate, which we're going to get into in here in a second. Um, but more than anything, it, 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 um, it allowed me to where I can now run. So I'm, um, I think the other day, I think I did like eight or nine miles. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no problem. And I'm hitting similar times. And, um, at the same time, like I am not in ketosis. And so now if I want to go into ketosis, I can only imagine how much easier it's going to be. Okay. Um, at the same time, um, I wouldn't have that metabolic flexibility if I didn't spend time in there and then obviously get out of it so I can actually see what that's like. Meaning that after, you know, like now I could probably uh, easily burn in a, uh, depending on my long tail effect after a really good workout, I can do workouts at like 15, 1700 calories, um, fasted and I won't have the shakes like, you know, still like I'm in ketosis. But like I said, like I haven't tried to be in ketosis for a couple of years now and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be there if it wasn't for keto. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't want to like, I could probably talk about that forever, but I don't want to get lost, lost, lost into that because here's, here's what I'm really getting at, which is the, uh, the secret, the second secret here, which is metabolic flexibility. Okay. Or the second, this is like the sixth metabolic flexibility. And to this, I cannot take any credit for this all goes to a gentleman that, um, I got it from, which is Mark Sisson. And to be totally honest, he's probably not even the guy that, uh, you know, that, that even he gets 100% of the credit for, but he's the one that introduced it to me. So I'm gonna say thank you to him, okay? So anyway, Mark Sisson, if you're familiar with, um, you know, his work, Primal Kitchen, right? Has a lot of different keto, um, you know, keto uh, programs out there, keto foods out there, um, has a keto reset, has all kinds of different things. If you listen to his uh, podcast, there's a huge just stream of like, you know, just keto, 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 everything, right? And the funny part about that is that when you actually listen to him talk, um, he's very open and honest. And he says, like, you know, like, I don't live there like 100 percent of the time. It's a phenomenal tool. And yes, everybody should have all of its tenants in their back pocket. But in the same breath, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like anything else that we um, that we grow and learn from. Right. Like, so, for example, whether it be music. Right. Like at one time in my life, I kind of like swore up and down, like, you know, that hip hop was the best thing ever. But now, nah, like, you know, I, I still love it. But, you know, I, I listen to all kinds of other things. Right. Um, there was a time in my life where, like, you know, Mexican food was like the best food ever. Right. And it still is. Right. In a lot of different ways. However, you know, I still eat I, I eat other foods every single day. Right. Same with keto. OK. And so what I mean by that is when I say metabolic flexibility, being able. OK. Being able. And here's the easiest analogy I can give to you. So. Um, I had uh, literally just uh, recently thrown out my back. Okay. Um, my, my long story short, my dog, um, we have a, a bulldog. Her name is Chloe. She's like 50 something, 60 pounds. She fell asleep on my legs. Okay. And so um, when I was on the bed and so I slept that way too. Well, when I got up in the morning, being in some weird position was like, was like weird for my back. And it caused, um, it, it felt super weird. Long story short, I worked out anyway um, without really stretching one way or another. And I totally, um, you know, hurt my back. Uh, my back was crazy bothering me. It's like I blew up my back, but I didn't even do anything crazy to blow up my back, right? Long story short, um, I go online. I talk to a buddy of mine, um, and he shows me some stretches that stretch the front 
part of my hip, not the back, not my lower back, but the front. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, if you ease, it's kind of like yin and yang. If you ease the pressure over here, it's going to take the tension off the back. And I'm like, huh? Anyways, I tried it. Long story short, it worked. Okay. Well, this is kind of like the same thing where if and when I was able to drive my blood sugar down, insulin sensitivity high, um, insulin resistance down, um, you know, with keto, I ended up finding going back the other way. And actually, if you listen to the last podcast, I talk about it a little bit when I was eating nuts and I was like, hey, wait a minute here. Like I went from 20 total grams to 30 total grams. And at that time, I was actually still in ketosis, right? And I was like, wait a minute. But at the same time, like what that really was an inkling to, and I didn't really even didn't click with me now. And so I actually, I'm saying it out loud is that that really just kind of showed me if I really wanted to eat more carbohydrate, sure, I didn't have to necessarily be in ketosis, but my blood sugar would be normal and I could probably eat a lot more, meaning that I had more flexibility than I once did. Okay. I had more, more flexibility than I once did. And I was like, wow, like that's huge, right? That's huge. Like that, that was so much for me. And so that really leads us to secret number seven, which is finally being free enough where we can just be ourselves again. Okay. Um, man, like those secrets, the minute that I was actually, I stopped focusing so much on ketosis and took the common sense approach of if I'm going to, you know, live my life. Right. And if at the end of the day, if my doctor isn't going to look at my ketone levels, isn't going to look at all the different, you know, quotes that I'm, I I used to throw around from all these different specialists, all of which are phenomenal, of of course. Right. Um, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, like if medicines are predicated on blood sugar numbers, if how, how well we're, we're controlling our type type two diabetes is predicated by our blood sugar numbers, if, you know, every other case study from around the world, doctors, scientists, researchers for type two diabetics, ranging from dietary protocol to exercise to whatever, and they're looking at blood sugar numbers. And I'm not smarter than all these people from around the world put together. And it doesn't matter if they're on the keto side, the vegan side, the paleo side, the Mediterranean side for type two diabetics. If they're all going to look at my blood sugar, I don't know. Maybe I should look there. You know what I mean? And that started to, you know, that really kind of like took me back to like, wow, like what if I just started to take this super same, simple, all these priceless tenants that I got from keto. Okay. All these different phenomenal pieces that I got from keto. Um, and really just applied it to looking at my actual blood sugar and looking at and applying these tenets looking knowing that numbers equal numbers okay like you put a number in you get a number out right if i took that same approach and started to apply it to i don't know mexican food hamburgers what i eat at home when i go outside i was like i was like wait a minute here dude like high five you know what i mean like thank you keto like that was actually what i was looking for the entire time right um, and it finally really just kind of like allow me to, 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 to be myself, you know, kind of like when, um, if, you know, if you're a parent and you're listening to this or maybe, you, you know, you, uh, you know, obviously we're all somebody's child one way or another, right. I um, you know, whether we're raised by our parents or maybe even, you know, friends or family or whatever. Um, I think in the end, 
Um, it's, you know, so much of what we had, what we were taught, right. Kind of allows us and like lifts us up and kind of empowers us to, you know, who we ultimately become in the future. Some of it's directly and some of it's, you know, indirectly, right. We've seen people go through bad things who, you know, come out on top because of it. Right. And, you know, that's why, um, I think that in a lot of different ways, especially for type two diabetics, um, you know, keto doesn't necessarily get that leg up. It doesn't get that, uh, that accreditation. It doesn't get that love and appreciation that I think it really deserves. You know what I mean? Um, because if you're anything like me and you look out and you've tried all these different diets, I think that there's a bigger game here that not only that we all know and that we've all kind of experienced subconsciously or not even subconsciously, but consciously, right? Um, which is, here's what I mean by that. Okay. Um, like if you've anything like me, you've, you've gone to high school, right. And we all learned about this thing, like this whole, you know, the, uh, the, the, um, the law of numbers, right. So meaning that if we took, you know, five, 10, 15,000 people in a room, right. Some of those people are going to be really good at reading. Some of them are going to be really good at math. Some of them are going to be really good at dancing. Some of them are going to be those kind of people where they're going to be like, uh, what's his name? The, the magician guy, um, David Copperfield, right? Where you're, that guy I heard back in like the nineties that he bought like 200 pairs of like black Levi's 501 jeans. Cause like that was his look, right? Like he solidified that look, right? And then the same breath in that five, 10, 15,000 people, there's going to be a percentage of people that are going to be happy eating the same way, the same thing, every single meal, every single day for the rest of their lives. And it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a bad thing. That's just a human, that's just a human thing. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I think that um, when people say that, you know, keto is a fad or, or even vegan was a fad or whatever, not really, you know, no, not, not really. I think more than anything, um, you know, if we expect anybody, to do that. Right. And we can look at any, we can put any social practice that uh, we've ever encountered throughout pretty much our entire life. It's probably going to look the same as far as that whole law of numbers, right? Like for example, um, uh, when I was, when I was a kid, one of my favorite things back in the eighties was breakdancing. Okay. And one of my favorite movies was beat street. Okay. If you've ever seen beat street, there's this group called the Bronx rockers and the New York breakers, right? Well, dude, the New York Breakers has this guy in there named Mr. Wiggles. Okay. If you look up Mr. Wiggles today, he's still breakdancing today. Okay. Now think about it. How many people are still breakdancing from the eighties? Not a lot. You know what I mean? Probably not a lot. You know what I'm saying? Is that a bad thing? No. You know what I mean? Same thing with, uh, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, your favorite restaurant. When I was in high school, I had a favorite restaurant, right? And dude, um, still an awesome place. Mexican food, still awesome, right? Um, is it still my number one restaurant in the world? Like, you know, probably not. You know what I mean? But in the same breath, without going through and experiencing, and experiencing those things, um, did all those things give me and play integral pieces to who we are today? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about keto. Actually, a handful of the different things. You know, and it sounds weird because there was a time in my life where I was just like, ah, you know, like I, I almost had a rebel. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, now that just like anything else, we all mature, right? Same way that, you know, I obviously had to mature that, Hey, maybe if I'm just looking to control my blood sugar, I don't have to jump through all these hoops and do all this other stuff. 
um, the same way that keto taught me, Hey, look, dude, it's not the eighties anymore. Like, sure. You know, go ahead and enjoy some healthy fats. In fact, like everything that we thought from the eighties, so much of it is wrong because well, people take fish oil pills and all this other stuff for what, for their heart health, for their brain health, for healthy skin, healthy teeth, healthy eyes, right? Like anyways, um, I hope more than anything that absolutely helps you. Um, because look, there's so many different things that I think that, um, that, uh, you know, that we can appreciate with keto. You know what I mean? Do we have to necessarily live there? Right? Like, do I have to go back to my parents' house and live there? No, not, not really. You know what I mean? No. Does it mean that it's a bad thing? No, it's a place of love, man. It's all good. You know what I mean? It is all good. Um, and I say that now looking back at really just every diet that I've ever tried, you know, even like vegan, I don't, I definitely don't live that lifestyle. However, um, Hey man, I like plants. I like plants all the time. You know, I eat them every single day. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, paleo, right? If you go deep into different paleo circles, some of these guys are arguing about like, you know, purple yams and like, you know, what they ate in like, you know, Okinawa in the 1400s versus your 1800s versus like, you know, the Mediterranean or maybe even like the, the Central American countries in the 1400s versus like the Paleolithic era as like a filter of what we can eat today. Well, dude, the common sense there, dude, is just get away from stuff that's GMO'd over time and processed, man. Like simple, right? Um, and we could obviously, if anything goes beyond that, we can always just, or of that, if you want to see like what really works for us, cool, man, 30 seconds, test the blood sugar, done. You know what I mean? So anyways, I hope that serves you well. Um, know right now that my heart is absolutely with you. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely see you in the next one. Cheers.